0: Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready, ready. All right, here we go. From the ten, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh.
1: You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the week four edition of the Action Network podcast, NFL betting edition. I am Chris Raymond of the Action Network. We'll be joined shortly by the prime minister of Degenerate Nation. I think he had a good week, Mr. Stuckey. Uh, we will be previewing all of the action for Sunday Slate. We will go through our Sunday six-pack segment where we each draft our top three sides, a.k.a. spread bets, of the week, talk about those games, preview those games. Then we will get into our favorite over-under bet of the week, followed by our favorite teaser bet. We'll also give our favorite money line underdog and combine that into a parlay. It's hit two weeks in a row, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll go through any games that we didn't cover in any of those segments, and then we'll get you guys out of here with our top Survivor picks of the week, which are also undefeated. So hopefully we can keep that going, keep you guys alive in your Survivor leagues. But first, as always, we will preview the Thursday night football game.
0: It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet. Thursday night football.
1: Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Green Bay Packers. Packers four and a half point favorites. Over under sitting at forty six. Stucky, what's up? Before we get into the Thursday night game, just want to ask you how your week
0: was because I know it was pretty good. Yeah, you can never complain when you go ten and zero on an NFL Sunday. Um, and whenever I said this on the College Pod, whenever you have a ten and zero day, it takes a little bit of luck. Just like if you have a an zero and ten day, it takes a little bit of bad luck. Jen, no, usually. no, you just
1: suck when you go zero and ten.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> So hopefully we can repeat that because everything I gave out last week hit. And the one thing that I have to get on you for, you had a good Sunday I saw as well, but will you stop fucking betting the Dolphins? I saw saw Dolphins on your summary. Again, it was like one of your only losses. You're going to go back to them again?
1: Oh, stuck. Oh, yeah. And I should take this opportunity to let the listeners know, if you listen to this podcast, you will probably love the Action Network app. I love it. Stuck loves it. You can follow our bets. You can track your own bets. You can laugh at us when we suck. You can tail our bets if you think we're good. Uh, The same for any of the experts at the Action Network uh, or any of your friends who are on the app. So um, go download that. Uh, live win probabilities, uh, best box scores. I, I can think of, you know, no ads, nothing like that. So, uh, really strong app. Go download that. And of course, go check out all of our NFL betting content and content for every sport at actionnetwork.com. But yeah, the Dolphins game uh, that wasn't smart by me. I mean, I, I honestly—I mean, they I, should have covered I probably. Just, they
0: just—they yeah. just Dolphined it.
1: Overall, can't complain. Went fourteen and three uh, on the early slate, uh, including props. Uh, more closer to 500, uh, you know, on the waiter slate, but uh, good week for me. And also number two in the fantasy pros, fantasy accuracy ratings contest through three weeks.
0: I'm feeling good. You're who, feeling who great. loses a bet on a Sunday. <laughs> right.
1: You're feeling great. So I'm going to need you to just get, uh, right into this Thursday night game. Tell me how you're feeling about it. Cause I think you had a really good take this far this season on the green Bay Packers defense. It's helped me a lot. Um, in my fantasy rankings, and I want to know how you feel they're going to defend this Philly offense that's going to be short. Deshaun Jackson looks like Alshon Jeffrey will be back. The Packers are allowing 33% of opponent targets to go to running backs, which tells me that opponents can't get the ball downfield against these safeties and the young corners.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I've been touting this, this Packers defense from before the season. It's the reason why, you know, they're my only Super Bowl future. I figured that the offense would be a work in progress, and it's actually been a little worse than I thought at this point in the season. If you look at a lot of their box scores, I mean, they got really lucky against Minnesota. They were fortunate in some, you know, in some aspects against Denver. Their offense just is still not there. Uh, but the defense, everything that I thought it could be, it has become and more. I mean, you have, you know, the signing of the two Smiths, what I, which I mentioned um, on our first pod. They now Green Bay leads the NFL in pressure rate. That takes away, you know, that makes the corners' job so much easier in the NFL. And like I said, you have these corners who are, you know, a year or two now into the NFL. They were thrown into the fire without much pressure, without safeties. And now, I mean, you look at a guy like Jair Alexander, I think he's grading out as the number one cover corner per pro football focus in the entire NFL so far this year. Um, And then, you know, obviously you have your safeties. Darnell Savage fits right into that robber role in Pettin's defense. And then Amos, one of the best in the game. So just all three levels, their defense became so much better. But just their offense, it's being... Their defense is carrying the team. Green Bay is averaging five yards a carry. The only teams worse than that are the Jets, Dolphins, and Bears. So There's you know, five yards of play. play. When you look at a matchup against Philadelphia, not completely healthy. you know They're going to get Jeffrey back. It looks like Goddard will be back. Ertz is still there. Aguilar in the slot. And Green Bay has been excellent covering the slot as well. Yeah. Alexander can match up with Jeffrey. And you, you might have Arcega-Whiteside or your boy Matt Collins in there. One thing to keep in mind, Z'Darrius Smith, he should go, but he is questionable on Thursday night. I mean, this Eagles team is just a lot more flawed than I thought they were coming into the year. And look, they need, if there's one team that should go out and trade for Jalen Ramsey, it's the Eagles. Um, Their secondary has been awful. You know, Darby, who hasn't been great, he's out. And then their rushing attack has just been so bad. It was bad last year. I think they were second worst in yards per carry this year. They're only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. Miles Sanders just isn't hitting the hole. You know, Jordan Howard is just not that great of a running back. He's you know good in the goal line situations and a power back, but he, this offensive line is so good that you just have to run forward. I think Sanders will eventually learn and he has the talent and you know, I'm team running back doesn't matter, but in the Eagles offense, these running backs need to go is specifically Sanders. Um, so without a rushing attack, you know, their, their offense has become so one-dimensional, and then the receivers are hurt. So I think Green Bay actually matches up really well. It's a short week. Green Bay gets to stay at home. You know, it's tough for Philly. They're going to have some guys coming back. How healthy are they? I don't know. But the Green Bay offense just still isn't clicking. So I think this line right around four is about right. I'd look at the under, under 46, under 45. Um, you know how th- sloppy Thursday night games are. Uh, I think that the Green Bay offense still has work to do. They're still trying to find themselves. The numbers don't lie. And this Eagles offense, this one-dimensional Eagles offense, I think is going to continue to struggle until they get all their pieces healthy and someone in that backfield just runs forward. I'd ultimately trust the Packers' defense more right now because of that secondary. But line's about right. I'd look at the under, uh, which is never a bad look on these Thursday night slop fests.
1: Uh, right now, the under is actually getting 5% more uh, money than bets. So it looks like a few bigger bets have come in on the under. We'll see how that ticks up or down. And
0: it's dropped a couple points. So
1: right, we're going to get it. Yeah. So leading to game time, um, you know, that's probably the, the reason for the drop. As far as the spread, uh, 73% of the tickets, 63% of the money on Green Bay. As we record this on a Wednesday night, Green Bay is minus four. Uh, I took this line when it first opened at Green Bay minus three, that was a better value. I I like that, Yeah, I think you hit it on the head where um, now at minus four, sometimes four and a half, getting a little inflated, make sure if you you want to bet favorites, especially uh, the public tends to bet favorites the majority of the time, so those lines will tick up. Bet those numbers when they come out. Uh, You can check all the live odds in the Action app. You can follow my bet, so you could have seen that Green Bay minus three pick uh, on Sunday evening uh, when I did make it. Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field in his career, 50-27-2 50 27 and 2 against the spread. He's winning uh, against the spread almost twice as much as he's losing. Uh, and home favorites on Thursday Night Football 70 45 and 1 against the spread since 2003 and I think that's just because when you're on a short week and you're the inferior team it's tough to go on the road and meet expectations and cover that spread so you usually do still get some value and I think that's why this line is starting to inflate uh, but you usually do still get some value uh, betting on these home teams who are favored uh, on Thursday night so I do like the Packers in this game if the Eagles are are dinking and dunking that's not the way they want to play offense because as you mentioned also not very good running uh, the football. Now it's time. Here's this week's Coach's Pep Talk, courtesy of PJ Fleck, dedicated
0: to the Philadelphia Eagles running game. I mean, will someone just follow a trail? The holes are there and no one will just run and take them. You know what they haven't met about you? They haven't met your heart. They haven't met your spirit. They haven't met your soul. If they gave me one word to describe you right now, man, that would be be a trailblazer. You know what trailblazers do? They blazed trails for other people to become elite. You have blazed trails for others who thought this was never possible.
1: And I'm gonna give out a little bonus advice here because prop betting is a part of betting. So if you like props, Check Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches and yards and also Devontae Adams because Jim Schwartz brings a ton of pressure uh, and loves to leave those corners on an island, and that's what makes them look even worse, uh, which kind of goes to your point, Stuck, uh,
0: about they should probably be trading for
1: Jalen Ramsey if they want to play that style
0: of defense. Yeah, they've always – the Eagles defense has been vulnerable against a deep ball for the last year plus, and number one receivers have had huge days, and there's no one more due for a breakout day than Adams.
1: I think it's time for the main event.
0: Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack.
1: Our Sunday six pack where Stuck and I go through, we draft our favorite three spread bats. The rules are we can actually pick the same game as long as we're on different sides. So sometimes technically a five pack, but six different sides. So that's why we call it the six pack. Uh, We keep score. Our top pick gets two. Uh, Our others get one. And at the end, we'll jump to the next segment, which is our favorite total. That's also one point. So in all, we can get up to five points in a week. Stuck currently has a 9-7 lead on the heels of his perfect week three. So, Stuck, you knocked it out of the park last week, killed it, undefeated. I need to make up some ground. Uh, I'm going with my first pick, and I'm actually – Gonna do my first pick. Uh, my two point pick is not gonna be the pick I actually drafted first, which by the way, I had a great draft because I know I stole one of your picks, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, pick that you wanted to take. But uh, with my first pick, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, six and a half point favorites on the road. And by the way, shouts to the guy on Twitter who was like, Can you please stay at a half instead of 0.5? There you go, there you go, buddy. You happy? (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening. I I might mix it up, you know. Kansas City, 6.5, on the road against the Detroit Lions. Now, I I think the public is a little bit, you know, feeling the Lions. I think the the line kind of stayed in check. uh, And the Chiefs didn't cover as well. So, I think that kind of holds the line in check here. Chiefs on the road, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Guess what? Andy Reid on the road with the Kansas City Chiefs. 33-16 and 1 against the spread, covering at a 67% rate, two-thirds, all that good stuff. Uh, and this is this is just an Andy Reid thing. You know, even going back to his Philly days, if you go back to 2003, uh, which is where our Bet software has data, 77-50 and 3, 61% uh, against the spread on the road is Andy Reid. And with KC, by the way, covering by an average of 6.9 points per game. And this includes a ton of Alex Smith. Like, this is not just Mahomes. Andy Reid knows how to get his teams prepared uh, to go on the road. I don't think it's even close. Like, Patrick Mahomes is just too good. You know, people ask me every week, you know, should Patrick Mahomes be the number one quarterback? Should you play him in DFS? Like, this and that's like, yes. Patrick Mahomes is that good. They can run – the Chiefs can run away from teams. Now, I think the Lions game plan will be – Carry-on Johnson, carry-on Johnson, and more carry-on Johnson. He got 20 of the 25 backfield carries last week, something we hadn't really seen, uh, but they released C.J. Anderson, of course, uh, signed the Giants' uh, Paul Perkins, former Giant Paul Perkins, who did not uh, get a carry in that game. So I do think they wind up in a ton of two-tight end. Jesse James, T.J. Hawkinson, the rookie. I think they try to run the football and shorten the game. I just don't think it will be successful. A lot different going against a banged-up Eagles offense, which, by the way, the Eagles should have won that game. Uh, they, they they had some problems. They they missed some some things in the red zone. So I think the market's a little bit inflated uh, in favor of the Detroit Lions. Also, you know, kind of a a, a bigger money line here. But if you like it, uh, Chiefs on the road. Their money line under Andy Reid, thirty two and twenty one straight up. That is a twenty three percent ROI if you had bet all Chiefs road money lines under Andy Reid per Bet Labs. And by the way, Matthew Stafford. You want to fade him against good teams, against winning teams in his career. Matthew Stafford, just 26-43-2 and against the spread, covering at just a 38% clip. And if you bet against Matthew Stafford when he's facing a winning team on the money line, you win 68% straight up, good for an 18% ROI. Also, one note about the over-under, tends to be a little inflated, for these Lions, like everyone, kind of thinks of them as team with a bad defense, and you know they're gonna they're gonna put up some points. But the under is seven and two at home when the Lions are underdog under Matt Patricia, which is obviously a lot. They're almost a home underdog in almost every game, as you can see, since he's only been uh, the head coach for a year, and they already have nine games as a home dog under
0: Patricia. So that's what I got on KC.
1: That's my first pick, my, uh, minus six and a half, aka six point five.
0: There's, we record this on Wednesday for y'all to listen to on a Thursday, but there are certain things that I wait for mainly on Thursday, which is the you know, the more definitive injury report on Thursday. A lot of times you have guys on Wednesday where it just says questionable, they were limited, and you don't really know what that means. On Thursday, it's a little more meaningful. And there's two guys in particular on Detroit that I'm keeping my eye on, and that's uh, Slay at corner, one of the best cover corners in the NFL. And then, you know, Deshaun Hand, is he going to come back? Um, You know, because Mike Daniels is also questionable. A lot of their their defensive line. I've raved about this Lions team. I've been a fan of them all year because that interior of the offensive line, Dahl, Ragnall, Glasgow, one of the best interior offensive lines in all football they can handle jones and the, the chiefs defense is a, is a trash can i don't care i, I, I don't care yeah what i know i'm just saying people I, try, I try, try to that. say it's improved people love ogba i don't know what he's ever done to get this love. And you know, Frank Clark's been a disaster so far. They don't have any running backs. Don't get any pressure. And that's the vulnerable part. On the lines offense, they're tackles with Decker and Wagner at times. But Stafford, when he gets a clean pocket, he's going to be able to throw. And I agree with you, they're going to try and go run heavy. But when he needs to throw, I think he's going to get a clean pocket. Kansas City's not going to be able to get any pressure up the middle. Um, so I think that Johnson's going to be able to run. I mean, by any metric that you look at, Kansas City is the worst rush defense in the NFL. They're giving them 6.2 yards of carry. Some of it's inflated, but they just they can't stop the run. So I think yeah. it's a smart play, and I think that's what Detroit's going to do, just like they did with the Patriots. When the Patriots came in there um, and Detroit beat them last year, and they just went run heavy, ball control, keep the ball away from Tom Brady. I need seven. Now, if it's at six and a half, I don't want any part of Detroit. But, you know, betting the NFL is all about yeah. getting key it's numbers. Not, it's if it's at it's seven, top. that's huge because yeah. you're down 14. If the Chiefs are up 14 late, that's a blowout on the road, a good win. But if there's two minutes left, the Lions are going to go down the field and score, just like the Ravens did. That's why I feel much more comfortable with seven. But some of these injuries on the Lions' side, I need to watch. And On the Chiefs' offense, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Yeah, Again, I'm not a big betting favorite, especially more than like minus three. Uh, But
1: the Chiefs, number one, they do this under Andy Reid. It's just what they do. They go into other people's stadiums, and, and they blow them out, essentially. I mean, they're covering by a touchdown. Like, that's
0: absurd. It's a great spot for a Reid team.
1: Number two, it's like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I want, That's why I wanted the Chiefs at 6'5 before it got to 7'. Uh, I think the, the interior of that line defense, that defensive line, against the Chiefs, it doesn't really matter because, number one, Andy Reid is known to just abandon the run, especially the inside run game uh, if he has to. Uh, and they could get – like, you could get the Chiefs in second and 10, second and 12, and they'll just – Patrick Mahomes will throw you right out of it, like right to another first down. Darius Slay – he could match up with Sammy Watkins every play. Sammy Watkins will have five catches for 80 yards. Like, this is just what the Chiefs do. Patrick Mahomes is too good. He's making Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman, who's three games into his pro career, into stars with Tyree out. Like, they're not missing a beat. Mahomes, through 50 touchdowns in career starts, 2-17. to He's getting better in year two, on pace for another 50-plus. Every year we give Matthew Stafford the same credit. And Matthew Stafford's a solid NFL quarterback, but that's the problem. He's solid. He's not great. He's solid. There are greater ones in the NFL. Every year we give him this credit. Matthew Stafford, if he just gets a clean pocket, if he just he can keep him in the game. And guess what? He doesn't cover. He just doesn't cover against good teams because the Lions do not score enough points. And their defense is never good enough to hold teams down enough. I would actually take it at seven, I, but I don't want it at like anything greater than that. And it is moving. Uh, towards seven have seen it at seven at some books so if you do like it uh, I would jump on it Chiefs now if you like the Lions wait closer to kickoff because I think this line will move uh, in the Chiefs direction but stuck let's get into your number one pick because I know you're trying to keep up this this
0: undefeated streak my first pick is a terrible team Um, I'm going with (laughs) a terrible team once again I feel like every week my first pick's a terrible team but whenever I'm uncomfortable in the NFL I tend to think I'm doing okay and that is the Raiders plus seven against the Colts. Look, I know that there's tons of injuries at their linebacker positions, which is something I'm keeping my eye on because with injuries at linebacker and you're playing the Colts, their rushing attack with Mack and their offensive line and how they throw to their tight ends and the Raiders struggle to cover tight ends. It is worrisome. Last week, they got, you know, cut up by the Vikings, but their linebackers went out the entire game. They were hurt shifting in and out. I think every single one of their linebackers got hurt last week. They've been better against the run, which is what you need to do against the Colts. But more importantly, this is just too many points for me. I don't think that the Colts are – the the love for the Colts is out of hand. I mean, you know, if I told you, all right, let's look at, you know, yards per play, and I told you, all right, what is Indianapolis at compared to Oakland, right? You would say, I don't know, Indianapolis is probably a lot better. I mean, no, Indianapolis is 5'7", Oakland is 5'9", actually a little better. Neither of these teams are great is what I'm going to get to. Defensive Oakland giving up 6-7, Indianapolis giving up 6-7. This Indianapolis defense without Leonard and now without Hooker on the back and their cover 2 with their safeties, they're now vulnerable. I know neither of these quarterbacks will dare throw it downfield. I'm hoping the Carr actually will. But this Colts defense without Leonard and without Hooker is not good. The Raiders will be able to run it. The Raiders will be able to utilize Waller over the middle. It's just this these safeties are so important and especially hooker. he's their best player in their defensive backfield and then Leonard is their best player overall. So I just think this is too many points catching seven here. you know Colt's off a win. they have the chiefs on deck. It's just a little bit of a flat spot too. Um, I think it's seven, you got to take the Raiders and that's who I'm rolling with.
1: Yeah, and the sharp money is on your side. Currently, if you look at the betting percentages in the Action Network app, you are seeing the Indianapolis Colts getting 64% of the bet tickets, uh, but the Oakland Raiders getting 84% of the dollars wagered. So classic, classic pros versus Joes sharps versus squares, whatever you want to call it, disagreement on this game. You know, the only thing that gives me pa- – and I, and, I, and I should add, T.Y. Hilton, that's another –
0: Yeah, uh, he could be out also. Yeah. And that's a huge weakness of the Oakland defense is their secondary. So without if T.Y. Hilton doesn't go, it's like you're going to get dink and dunk and try and run it, and you can play that way. You can come up and bring an extra man, and you can bring Joseph down in the box, et cetera. Yeah, so – and I, I would think if Hilton's even fringe with a quad with the Chiefs on deck, I think, and it's just the whole mindset thing, the Colts are going to be like, look, we can beat the Raiders, and we have the Chiefs on deck, let's just hold out Hilton, Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and he's responsible for 30% of their receiving yards, 57% of of their receiving touchdowns, uh, and quad injuries, I actually did some research on this for fantasy football a couple years back, wide receivers who play through questionable tags with quad injuries, uh, about a 25% dip. In their production so it is worrisome it is worrisome for the Colts Um, on the flip side and one thing that gives me pause is just that John Gruden and and his Raider team has just continuously uh, had letdowns in this spot Uh, Oakland two and seven against the spread uh, as a visitor under Gruden in this current era 0 0 for 4 in their last four and meanwhile Indianapolis the one thing I will say uh, for, for, for them that they have going for them is Frank Reich incredible schemer incredible coach I have no doubt that he will be able to, to, to draw up some plays to outsmart Gruden, even with Hilton uh, banged up or off the field. They had a beautiful call last week uh, against the Falcons where they had shown a ton of uh, – when, when uh, Naeem Hines, the running back, goes in motion and lines up out wide, they had shown a ton of screens the first two weeks. Atlanta defense calling out the screen when they do it in week three, uh, and they run a wheel route behind it, fake the screen, uh, and Zach Pascal goes untouched. Uh, into the end zone wide open by 10 yards. So I think Frank Reich, if, you, if you're looking for a coach to kind of overcome some of these obstacles, it is Frank Reich. Indianapolis is six and three against the spread as a favorite under Reich. Kind of, you know, that's the only thing that worries me. Uh, but but I, the sharp money is on Oakland side. I'm probably
0: Locked On podcast.
1: Uh, going to go to my number two pick. That will be the New York Giants uh, minus three at home against the Washington Redskins team on a short week. You can find this line usually at, uh, at good juice. I think I got it at minus 105. I'm seeing it at even money at, at some spots. So uh, you know, this is one where I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the trends and looking at Shermer. He's one in seven uh, with the Giants against the spread at home. But remember that's what Eli Manning at quarterback. And I think Eli Manning had a lot more to do with that. Um, Eli Manning had struggled to cover uh, at home going back multiple coaches. Uh, so I think, you know, with Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones gives them, gives, is going to give the Redskins problems because they're on a short week. We saw what Mitchell Trubisky did to them, carved them up for three scores. Daniel Jones accurate down the field and can run with the football especially on a short week that gives defense problems because they can't just man up and say, Hey, okay, we'll put Norman uh, maybe on Shepard and shut him down. And then all we got to worry about is Engram uh, because cause Barkley's out, but you play man coverage, Daniel Jones is going to run on you. We saw that against Tampa Bay, of course, two touchdowns, including the game winner when they're in man. The if you, if you stay in zone, if the defense is just not quite talented enough uh, to deal with a quarterback that can throw the ball accurately down the football field. So I think he gives them problems. Uh, you know, in a similar way that Mitchell Trubisky gives him problems. And I think long-term, Jones probably a, probably going to be a better quarterback uh, than Mitchell Trubisky, where I really think the impact is going to be felt uh, with Jones uh, against this Redskins team is on third down because the Giants, both these teams are 23-24 in the league in third down conversion percentage. But uh, Washington 23rd, Giants 24th. But the Giants 5 of 26, 19%. And Eli Manning's two starts, 6 of 13, uh, 46%. In Daniel Jones's lone start, that to me is a difference in the game. I think both of these teams have advantages in the pass game. Both of these defenses ill-equipped to handle each other's pass games. Uh, I think the Giants will will throw the ball, especially with uh, with, with Saquon out. Uh, but uh, the Redskins don't really have a running game right now. Adrian Peterson, by the way, he was. Did you see? I don't know if you saw that game Monday night, but they had Chris Thompson in at like on like a goal line play. He was peeved. Uh, I saw somebody uh, reading a comment section of, of an article in The Athletic about the Redskins, about that game, where, where somebody pointed out that Dwayne Haskins was kind of all game, just, you know, doing those conversations where you kind of cover your, your, hand, your mouth with your hand. And just that team really, like the chemistry, I don't think it's there. On air, they Monday Night Football commentators essentially calling for Gruden's job, pointing out over and over how his job security is just not there. I don't like the spot for the Redskins on a short week uh, against the Giants team that will still be bad on defense, but uh, I think at this point with Jones as a starter, I think I think these teams are even on paper. If it was Eli Manning, then I'd say, yeah, Giants probably favored by one point if that. Uh, you're being generous. Maybe two, you're being generous. But uh, I think they're even, which 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 I'm happy to take that minus three with favorable juice.
0: Yeah, I, I just love the overreact- overreactions and swings in – how the public, you know, in quotes, views things that happen in the NFL from a week-to-week basis. Daniel Jones was like a, a joke for a lot of people. You, oh, the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. He's going to suck. And then he has one game against the Bucks, And then all of a sudden, everyone's oh, saying... Well, no, to be fair, listen, to be fair, I'm, the I'm, preseason, the preseason. I, he looked in the preseason. I'm just yeah, saying, okay. still, people, I'm talking in general, not everyone. And then all of a sudden, it's we're christening Daniel Jones and the Giants. And who cares that Saquon is out? Daniel Jones, I still need to see more. I mean, look, Marcus Mariota did the same thing. He had went 13 to 15 for, I don't know, 300 yards and four touchdowns in his first start. Um, and I don't. I cover a lot, though. The Titans, all, like, the Titans have been 9 and 7 like every year. Like,
1: they, cut, like, they always cover when you don't explain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like the Titans not gotten any
0: better. And He's not. He was and, be they a still, star. and they still go 9 and 7 every year. Yeah, but everyone <laughs> thought he was going to be a star from that. So my point is just everyone needs to pump the brakes. I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be great or not. But I need to see more, is what I do know. Um, And I also know, like you said, both teams can't run the ball. I think you're going to see each team come out and throw it. Both secondaries are trash. Mm -hmm. I mean, Josh Norman is trash. They have Nicholson running that deep safety for the skins. He's terrible. Collins can guard the run, but he can't cover anybody. Giants fans know that. If you look at a lot of the metrics for coverage, it's like Jenkins and Baker, the two worst um, in the NFL. And then Norman is not far behind. So, it's bad. So, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball through the air, which makes me want to look at an over. I think it's pretty much a coin flip game. You know, so, at three, it's about what I make it with Giants home field. Maybe, you know, with a short week, the skins have – as Gruden lost the locker room? I don't know. It's possible. You make some good points. But um, if this got the three and a half, I would actually look at the skins. At two and a half, I can see your point for the Giants. All right, for my second pick, I'm going – Circle the wagons, plus seven and a half with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and sout. Throw your hair back and Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Look, this Patriots defense, I think, is the best defense in the NFL. And it all starts with their secondary. You know, their corners, they can man you up slot outside. Gilmore's probably the best man cover. And then their safeties are really good. They don't let anything up behind them. And then they can scheme and play to the run and, you know, bring pressure. Everything is working. Now, granted, it's not as good as it's looked. They've played three dumpster fires, three teams that have not had a win. Bills have also played three dumpster fires. But the Patriots defense, no matter how you slice it, is elite. So is the Bills defense. I mean, we can go back to the beginning of last year. They've allowed the fewest passing yards of any team since the start of 2018. They also have two elite safeties in Poyer and Hyde. They don't let up anything big down the field. I think they've gone 30 straight games or something without allowing a 50-yard pass, uh, which is the longest in the NFL, obviously. Um, But they haven't allowed one in, I think, 30 weeks. Now, the Patriots defense is really good and it's why I like, also like the under in this game. And, and I just think it's a little too high. I mean, I make it six, so I'm going to play seven and a half or seven. And I actually make it closer to five and a half than six. Look, the, I just think it's going to be a dogfight. And the Patriots offense, this, this Patriots team to me, you know, it's different without Antonio Brown. They still have weapons. You know, They still have and They're still going to score. They still have Tom Brady. But this Patriots, this Patriots team reminds me of the early to mid-2000s teams with Bruski and Ty Law and Willie McGinnis. They're capable of winning another Super Bowl. But it's going to be defense first. You know, last year they didn't allow the Rams to score a touchdown. This is a defensive team now. And there's been a lot of injuries on the offensive line. You know, Devlin, and I know they can probably, you know, Devlin's excellent fullback. And, and a fullback I know I used to play is an extension of the offensive line. And they can bring in someone and they'll put this kid from Germany and they'll plug him in and it'll probably be okay. But the first game back, you know, and you're trying to, you know, there's new offensive linemen and you're trying to find out, okay, who do I need to block? And the Bills' defense is good on every level, um, so I just think this is too many points at home. I don't know, you know, Buffalo Allen's going to make a couple plays with his legs because New England does play man more than any other team in the NFL. I think it's a dogfight. You know, you might see a special teams play. You know, and I think it's like twenty to seventeen. Pats probably find a way to win. So I'll take the seven and a half. Seven with the Bills in this matchup of three, two, three 3 no teams. And by the way, Brady, I believe, is thirty and three in his career against the Bills. Granted, there's been some terrible Bills teams. He has more wins in Buffalo since 2001 than any Buffalo quarterback. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say he has more wins in Buffalo than the Bills. <laughs> which I like, wouldn't
1: surprise. Cumulatively. <laughs>
0: Make
1: me wanna. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. I agree with all your points. Haven't bet the game yet because I think the line will continue to climb. And uh, this is an interesting one because I think you kind of hit it. I think the line should be closer to five and a half, six. It opened at six and a half, seven at most books. And I think that's because they know the public loves the Patriots. So they always shade that line, the Pat's direction. And right now you're seeing, if you look at the Action Network app percentages, 82% of the public betting on the New England Patriots, but only 74% of the money. So that tells you that some of the bigger bets are coming in on Buffalo already. Uh, But obviously at that 82% ticket count, not enough to move the line in the other direction. So I think it might keep going. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if it gets even past 7.5 to 8 Uh, If not, I'd be happy to take it at 7.5. It's still at 7 at some books as we record this at 7.5 at others. But uh, I think the Bills uh, are the sharp play here, even though they failed to cover uh, last year in both meetings. Uh, It's just, it's just a tough spot. For the New England Patriots, and this is a very good defense to be getting uh, that many points at home. And I do like this this call. And, and one thing I'll point out before we move on, I, I mentioned they opened at, the Patriots opened to seven point favorites in, in a number of books. Underdogs who open plus seven, and, and then the line moves away as in the line goes 7.58 or higher, 51 and 37 against the spread, 58% cover rate. So usually that seven, that's a key number. When you're getting, when you're getting points past that seven, usually a good spot to take the Underdog. So. Yeah. And before
0: you go, I just want like I I want to point this out is that the way that you beat Brady anytime, and we've seen this when the Ravens have done it a few times up in up in Foxborough in the playoffs. You have to hit him. You have to pressure. Him. If you if you let him sit back there, he's going to pick you apart, regardless of who he has as a receiver. And you have to be able to cover. And the Bills can cover. And they can get pressure on this Patriots offensive line. And they don't have a tight end. People will forget this, and they played a bunch of cupcakes. But I think Brian Izzo is going to start a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. They still don't have a tight end in there that's really reliable. That's going to be a game-changer down the middle of the field. They're going to make it really tough on this Patriots offense, just like the Patriots defense will make it tough on the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, go ahead. You're next, expect- pick.
1: I am going with my next pick with a pick I know Stucky wanted to take in our draft, but I kind of got beat him to it. We hold the draft right before we come on, on, on air. And I got Tampa Bay plus 10 uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, at first I, I maybe it kind of doesn't jump out. When you're getting a team at this number plus 10, it's a key number. You can lose, you know, 31, 21, 34, 24, anything, something like that. This has been a magical number. To get if you get underdogs by nine to ten points since 2015, 37 and seven against the spread. That is absolutely absurd. It's just a good number to get these dogs at when they can lose by ten and you push at worst. 37 and seven against the spread since 2015. So you ha- there haven't even been any pushes, you know, in these spots. So very interesting trend there, uh, but.
0: I mean, it's basically, it speaks to what we said before. In the NFL, it's not like college football. Yeah. You have all these capable offenses. You can go – sometimes you know, bet on an underdog in college football, and you're, you're dead. But it is so much easier to backdoor in the mm-hmm. NFL because of how these teams play. And, you know, you're not going to run up the score. You're going to take knees, and that's it. You'll just get out of here with a win. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And
1: the Los Angeles Rams, you know, good team. Good teams tend to be overrated, especially as home favorites. You kind of see that uh, with L.A. under Sean McVay, just 7-8-1 and one at home. Uh, against the spread under McVay. Meanwhile, Bruce Arians, meanwhile, has been one of the most profitable coaches to back in the National Football League. All time, he is 52-41-2, that's a 56 percent cover rate uh, against the spread, 24 and 18, 57 percent as a dog, uh, and 15 and 10, 60 percent off a loss. This team will be competitive. Remember, they were up big against the Giants. And I think first thing I want to point out about the, the Bucks and like why the line is so big. And you know, there are, there are models out there that these Vegas guys are using, and they're all fried right now because the Bucks lost to a. Giants team that was terrible in weeks one and two like regardless of how good you think Jones is going forward I think we can all admit that he's better they're better with him than Eli Manning at this point just because he gives them something on the ground um regardless of what do you think of his you know his accuracy or whatnot which I think is better at this point as well but the Giants are are one of the worst teams in the week so when you lose to a a team like that uh it it hurts you when, when when these when these numbers come out. Uh, So I think that's kind of pulling them down. And on top of that, and we've talked about this on the pod as well, Tampa Bay has left so many points on the table. I mean, we're talking about two pick sixes in week one, a game they should have won, uh, two touchdowns called back in that same game, two missed field goals on the season, two missed extra points last week. Uh, That's about like a 30-point swing in point differential, 30-plus maybe, depending on how everything shakes out. So this Bucs team is just getting hit in everyone's models. Um, If you're not careful, if you're not really digging deep, you're kind of just, you know, blindly saying, you know, the Bucks are 10 points, 11 points worse than the Rams. I think it's a little, little less than that. Um, so, so, And like you mentioned, 10 points, not uh, that hard for an inferior team to cover in the National Football League. So, and by the way, the Rams haven't been great, as great as we've seen. Uh, they haven't been great on special teams. Uh, their defense has been just okay. Um, you know, pretty, I, like, I love Wade Phillips, uh, but love Bruce Arians as well. Um, and, and Bruce Arians, by the way, was very conservative against the Giants last week. I don't think that happens this week after they kind of got burned for it. And Jameis Winston is a guy who he can turn the ball over. High variance guy, high range of outcomes. Sean Corner actually recommended Giants money line last week because of that. You know, rather than better on the, the Bucks as a favorite, take, take Daniel Jones and the Giants on the money line because Winston could easily lose the game for him. So you hate that when, when the Bucks should win and they're a favorite and you like that though when they're trying to cover a big spread because if he doesn't turn the ball over or he hits a deep shot or something like that it works in your favor case in point winston 5 and 12 against the spread in his career as a favorite but winning record 21 17 and 2 against the spread as an underdog so like the bucks in this spot
0: yeah, I love the Bucs. Um, the Rams' defense has actually played really well. And they, they, if you look – and a lot of it, I think, has to do with Marcus Peters, who might be healthy. He might be getting you – know, he's, he's better with to the scheme. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and, but to lead back, it helps a ton. And, you know, Roby Coleman's one of the best slot corners. And then they added Weddle, um, you know, who will come in, in their dime packs. And obviously you have Aaron Donald, the game changer up front, Dexter Fowler. So I really like this defense, that it's playing really well. The problem is the offense. And the offense, you know, you can say Todd Gurley isn't the same. no. It is the offensive line. Look, Whitworth has lost a step. Their interior, their offensive line, they let their guards go. They have three new starters in their offensive line. No boom at guard. Demby, they've been the worst guards in the NFL, besides maybe the Raiders guard. Austin Blythe might come back at center, which should help, but the interior of the offensive line is a mess. I mean, they've allowed 49 pressures. That's the same as the Dolphins, the most in the NFL. The Dolphins, who might have the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL. So these three first-time starters you know, are are just – they're, they're giving up pressure up the middle. They've, you know, the Rams have allowed 39 hurries. That's the most in the NFL. The Dolphins have only allowed 32. They have the lowest offensive line pass blocking efficiency in the NFL. So, you know, their offensive line up front, they can't get push. It's hurting the run game and everything with McVay is going to start with the run game. and It all looks the same. So, you know, against Sue and Vita Vea up in, in the middle, they're going to get pressure up the middle. And when you get Goff off of where he needs to stand, he's not good. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL under pressure. Always has been, always will be. He doesn't have a great arm. He's not like a Mahomes. He's like a really mechanical thrower. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna walk up the line. McVay's gonna tell him what, what's going on. And he knows that, okay, I'm gonna fake the handoff, and Cup's gonna be right over here. I'm gonna get my clean pocket and make the throw. He can do that as well as anybody. But when he's getting pressured, it all goes to shit. And that's what's been happening. Because their offensive line up the middle has been terrible. Now and I think the Bucks defense is going to be a lot better. And they're a lot better against the run. So I think this is a lower-scoring game than most think. Uh, so I played the under on the app, and it's coming down. Um, and I think that the Bucks cover this game. They cover 10. The, the Rams have been kind of smoke and mirrors. I mean, look, I, I told you I like the defense, and the offense still has potential. The offensive line really has to get it together. And the offensive line is so important for the Rams. It's so much more important than other teams because Goff is not one of these quarterbacks that – Really can improvise and he's just going to make throws from all over. And if you look at what the Rams have done so far this year, yes, they're three and zero. But did you see the offense? They should have lost. They could have lost to the Browns. But did you see the offense against the Browns? The Browns are missing their entire defense, and they still only scored twenty points. And yeah, Jameis is a dog, a double digit dog. You got to love it. And look, I am telling you, I'm screaming this. I'm, I'm going to start screaming. I screamed it preseason. I'll start screaming it now. There is hard regression coming for the Rams. If you look last year just in the luck department. All the turnovers, injuries, everything went their way. And everything's going their way again this year with injuries and turnovers and, you know, even the end of the game against the Browns. And all that has been going their way for so long. Just keep your eye out on some fumbles. And there's just going to be some things that start going against the Rams um, as things even out with the oblong ball that we play with. But all right, let me move on to um, my last pick because you took Tampa. And I was even thinking of taking Tampa first. I went with the damn Raiders. They better not let me down. So I lost my opportunity to get Tampa. My last play, I'm going back to the Kyle Allen show. (sighs) Sorry to bring back those memories because that's the difference in our score right now. 9 7. I said it all last week. Kyle Allen now gives the Panthers offense a chance because Cam Newton wasn't right. Look, now it's Liz Frank and he wasn't right. 60%, you know uncatchable balls against the Bucs. I mean, come on. That's, I, could, I, I couldn't do that, but Liz, I'll say some, I could some, some, Somebody named Liz Frank could probably
1: complete more passes. Than
0: yeah, I mean, it was bad. So Kyle Allen actually could throw the ball down the field. He has a beautiful deep ball. There's a lot of weapons um, on this Carolina team. And, look, I will say it. I am lower in the market than almost anybody on this Houston team. I love Watson. I love Hopkins. <laughs> How can you not? But I still have questions about their offensive line especially on the right side. I don't think Titus Howard is the answer, um, you know, and I don't well, think Jack's right now. guard. They're getting pressure. Carolina can bring pressure, and there's an aspect of this Carolina defense that not a lot of people are talking about, but James Bradbury and – Dante Jackson are playing really well at corner. Hopkins is still gonna get his. All the receivers are still gonna get theirs. I think they can pressure Watson. I know he'll he'll still make his plays.
1: Oh my God. And on the Did other you side, see that of one
0: b- play, though. Did you see that one play he made? Like, sorry, to cut you off. That one play
1: he made last week where he was like the jump pass touchdown, like across his body, disappeared into pressure, came out, running one, we're running left, jumps, throws right. 53-yard uh, touchdown to, to, to Jordan Aikens, of all people. Like, that was – yeah. Yep. Watson
0: will make his – The Texans second like, – There's so many things I don't like about the Texans <laughs> team. I don't like their linebackers. I don't like their safeties. I don't like any of their corners. Um, I, I don't like their offensive line. I don't like, you know, how they're running the ball. It's basically – and they're going to win games with this, but it's basically Watson and their receivers – And that's fine to win games. I I think they'll probably win this game. But I think it's probably going to be a a field goal game. I love this Panthers team with Allen. I would have liked it also with Cam Newton if he was healthy and able to throw balls as he's capable of doing when healthy. Um, But this Carolina offense does have threats downfield. I think McCaffrey can have a huge game. Um, The offensive line I think is better than people give him credit for. Um, And uh, I'm going back to the Kyle Allen show at plus four um, in Houston, calling it here. Uh, Houston wins by a field goal on late, uh, ridiculous Watson heroics.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and you probably think I'm going to disagree with you here, but I actually totally agree with you. Uh, the reason I backed the Texans last week, you know, Deshaun Watson with that, with that cover and win last week now, 7-2 and two against the spread as a road underdog, 7-8-1 and one against the spread in all other situations. The Texans are usually priced correctly by the market, uh, you know, except – when they're at, on the road as a dog, because again, passing just matters so much more than anything else aside from terms. And Watson's not really turning the ball over a ton. I believe he did have one in that game, but not a guy who turns the ball over, but uh, 9.4 net yards per pass attempt last week, uh, second behind only Mahomes. Even when Watson gets sacked, he's another one of those quarterbacks that can make up for it in one play. Like drives aren't over if you get used to it into a second and 18. And, and, and that's the thing that you, it bears out, you know, when, when you're on the road and you're, and you're getting points uh, at home, to cover the four. Don't like it, but uh, I do agree with you that that is the play. Carolina is the play in this game uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. And Kyle, Kyle Allen Kyle looks Allen, good. Man, he, he looked like, great.
0: Yeah, and look, yeah. he's from Arizona. He's from Scottsdale. He went out to Arizona, got that win over the Cardinals. This week, Ugh. he's going to Houston and he went to Houston, was benched at Houston, revenge tour here. <laughs> <laughs> he looked great. You got to give him credit.
1: <laughs> so those are our against the spread picks for this week. And that wraps up He's Sunday six pack. Now on to our favorite totals segment. You are going to get your favorite total pick. First, who you got?
0: Uh, look, I won't make this long since I already went into it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll go Bucks Rams, under. I think this Bucks defense is much improved against Bulls, and they're going to just pressure Goff to death. The Rams offense isn't right. Rams defense playing really well. They have the corners that can match up on the outside. Jameis will make some plays. Goff will also make some plays. They'll scheme up some plays. I just think 49 is too high. I'd play this down to 47. Uh, I think it's down to 48 and a half. So, I'll go Bucks Rams under.
1: Interestingly enough, I think the Rams D still has room for improvement like compared to their potential. Like, yeah, they 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 kind of blanked the Saints with Bridgewater, but they gave up a, a lot of points to the Panthers. I thought that the Cleveland kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with kind of their game plan more than the Rams played well I mean they got to the quarterback but it's like Baker Mayfield was just holding the ball and like when he got the ball out he was almost flawless it was just that he was holding the ball unnecessarily at times so I I think the Rams he has room for improvement but I think that you might have to kind of decrease expectations a bit until this O-line gets right So, so I'm with you there and another thing I'm with you is that game script that you kind of laid out for the New England Buffalo game, I bet the under 42 and a half. I think, you know, I'd bet it down anything above uh 41 five, you know, for that key number of 41, because it's a totally different game when, when Tom Brady goes on the road to face Buffalo, uh, Sean McDermott defense, as you mentioned, exceptional, not allowing the big play, Belichick and McDaniels know that they'll dink and dunk James White, then uh, the Rex Burkhead probably will get a ton of catches, we've kind of seen the running backs uh, responsible for a large percentage of their offense in the last two meetings last season, which by the way, uh, 25-6 New England, 24-12 New England, average of just 33.5 points per game in those two meetings last season. And talked about this last week, but like Josh Allen, we can't just be betting overs in, in, in Josh Allen games. I mean, the, the reality of the situation is they know that they, that they cannot let Josh Allen drop back 40 times a game unless they have to. They have to limit the turnovers. Frank Gore is a guy who's a sustainer. That's why they let Rashawn McCoy go. Sustainer, not going to get stuff for many losses, but not going to get many runs longer than 10 yards probably. Josh Allen unders 10 and four in his career, 3-0 and in 2019. And New England, when they go on the road, the under is 18-7 since 2016. That is a 72% hit rate per Bet Labs Under in both games last season, uh, 2-0 and on the road against Buffalo in Buffalo's Sean McDermott era. So a lot of uh, trends and signs kind of pointing in that direction uh, of that under for me in New England-Buffalo.
0: Yep, I completely agree with you. It's just that this Patriots offense with their injuries up front, Now they're playing a real defense, one of the top five defenses in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, You're going to see that play out. Is this Bills Patriots game going to go over? I say
1: hell no. And now it's time for our weekly teaser segment.
0: Oh, yeah. Six point teasers.
1: Here's where we each pick our favorite two-team teaser of the week. A teaser is when you are getting extra points for either a favorite or underdog. Usually, the standard is a two-team teaser where you get six points uh, added to each team's line. So you get your payout is usually minus one twenty instead of minus one ten or something like that. Uh, but you are, you know, kind of locking in uh, better odds. So without further ado, Stuck, who you got is your two-team six-point teaser this week.
0: Yeah. If you haven't check out my piece each week, I go into all the math on who and what you should tease and what you shouldn't. And, you know, don't tease across zeros like cousin Sal and you know, there's a a bunch of different rules that if you follow, you can profitably tease NFL. Uh, And one of the, you know, Besides, it really sticks out as Minnesota this week. So they're a two-and-a-half-point dog. So if you tease them up, you're crossing three, four, six, and seven. Most importantly, three and seven. Those are kings in a low-scoring game. Points are even more valuable to tease. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky, still terrible. Against good defenses, look at his numbers, awful. Uh, against pressure, awful. And Minnesota two of the best edge defenders um, in, you know, Griffin and uh, Hunter. They're going to bring pressure. I'm pairing them with the Ravens. Uh, minus one. By the way, there's there's three things in life that you can take to the grave: death, taxes, and the Ravens beating the Browns. I think the last time the Browns won in regulation in Baltimore is 2002. They're in the same division. Uh, Harbaugh's 10 and one at home against the Browns. The Browns did win in overtime in Baltimore a few years ago, and they have just dominated this. And they are you can hear all the quotes. I'm a Ravens fan. They are sick and tired of the Browns hype all offseason. This is a statement game for Baltimore off the loss. You heard it in locker room, they're like, oh wait, now the Browns are the class of this division. It's been said that Harbaugh has apparently brought it up in every meeting. And the offensive line is a mess. All these injuries still on Cleveland's defense. The Browns are just a mess right now. So I think Ravens win this game, and I'll pair that with the Vikings.
1: Baltimore just 10-18-1 as a divisional home favorite under John Harbaugh. That's only a 36% cover rate. So I think you do want to get a better number with the Ravens. Don't know if they necessarily win by a touchdown. And they'll te- win by a field goal. Just take it from a right, Ravens. Right, I like that call on the Vikings. They're actually in my teaser as well. Uh, I'm going Vikings plus 8-5 and Saints plus 8-5. So, again, hitting those key numbers, 3, 4, 6, 7. Zimmer actually covers as a road dog 16-11. Yeah, yep. 59% against the spread in his career with the Vikings. Zimmer rode unders 25-15-1, which again goes to your point that you want these dogs and and, and to get some extra points and I do think New Orleans able to keep it close with Dallas at home might even sneak out another win I don't know but definitely even with Bridgewater keep it close I think they play conservative I think they feed Alvin Kamara like this is the one team that you know if Dallas kind of is feeding Zeke they can match that with their backfield with with Alvin Kamara he's getting 75 percent of the looks that's unprecedented for him uh New Orleans hasn't been a home underdog often under Sean Payton but 8-3 8-3 against the spread, 73% cover rate, uh, according to Bet Labs. as a home underdog are the Saints under Sean Payton. 37-24-2, 61% cover rate as an underdog overall under Sean Payton. So I think that, you know, the, the Bridgewater quarterback for Breeze, yes, it's a downgrade for the Saints, but at home, uh, I don't think it'll be – quite as tough through all those key numbers again, that, that three, that four, that six, that seven, but especially the three and seven. So going Dallas, New Orleans here, um, we're running pretty long. So let's go directly into our underdog money line parlay segment.
0: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. Two in a row for
1: underdogs. And that's like that's not easy to do considering it's two different people picking underdogs to win games outright. So I'm going to go ahead and toot the horn for both of us on that one. Uh, of course, I'll probably jinx it. And we won't hit one for the rest of the year. But, stuck who you got?
0: Uh, I'm rolling with the Titans. Look, this this Falcons team is a mess. And I think that the way they play defense, Mariota can actually have some success with his short passing. The Falcons just look underprepared. They always look underprepared under Quinn against these AFC teams. I forget his record in this spot, but it's horrendous. Against the spread, straight up against these AFC teams that he's not familiar with. Uh, I think that the... Tennessee offense actually matches up well. The Atlanta offensive line is a disaster. Matt Ryan just looks off, too. I think Tennessee will have a shot to win it. It's a team that wins when you don't expect them to. You said that earlier. Uh, So I'm rolling with the Titans.
1: Yeah, and to your point, Dan Quinn, only 15 and 14 straight up as a home favorite. So essentially, this is a coin flip game. So you're getting value on this money line. And I am going for for my money line pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are plus 175, by the way. Uh, Jaguars, plus 150. At Denver, kind of alluded to this before, but Denver is another team that's low-key been a disaster uh, for a while now. Ever since they let go of Wade Phillips, you know, Gary Kubiak steps down. And look, he's back now, so who knows even why he stepped down. But they, they, they could have brought back Wade Phillips. They decided they didn't need him. That didn't work out. Their defense underperforming uh, pretty much ever since. 11-22 and 22 against the spread. They're not even covering much less winning a lot of these games. So uh, I do not like the spot. Uh, against Denver because here's the thing. These are two teams that are going to rely on their defenses. They're not going to ask their quarterback to do too much. But I actually think Jacksonville has the advantage at quarterback at this stage. Gardner Minshew has been extremely accurate, completing about 70% of his passes. Joe Flacco, he's in the Eli stage of his career at this point, horrible out of the shotgun, horrible play action. When defenses know a pass is coming, he's bad. He's one of the lowest yards per attempt, but He's also near the bottom of the league every single year in play-action passer rating. He's 34th this year. And to compound issues, uh, they're facing a Jaguars team, number one in the league in sacks, Denver 26th in uh, adjusted sack rate. I don't care if Jalen Williams plays or not. You know why? Because he's not going to have to cover for long, even if he's out there, because they're going to get to Flacco. I think it's going to be a lot similar to that, that game script last week where, where uh, the Jags played the Titans, and uh, they were able to get that win because, listen, their defense played well. Uh, their quarterback couldn't beat – the opposing quarterback couldn't beat their defense. Minshew is accurate. He's not, he's not been turning the ball over. And, and the receivers are solid. Denver has not been great on defense. They haven't got a sack yet. Chris Harris at corner plays well. But the other corner, uh, Yidam, awful, getting picked on. And, like, it's just not a good spot for Denver. Um, so even going into mile high – I like the Jags plus 150. And look, Jags
0: have extra prep and rest. They played on Thursday. And this offense, I, I think it comes to, I agree with you. I think it's going to be similar to Chicago-Denver game where it can go either way. I, I like that pick. I'm glad you went with the Jags.
1: All right. Hopefully we go make it three in a row. And now we'll quickly cover the best of the rest, all the games that we didn't make it to in any other segment. Going to be a quick best of the rest this week because we covered a lot of games. Uh, the only ones we left out, The L.A. Chargers visiting Miami Dolphins. Miami plus 16. The over-under is 44, 52% of the tickets and money on Miami. 66% of the tickets, but only 30% of the money on the under. The only thing I got for this one really is, I've been betting on Miami, probably would bet the Chargers in this one. Road favorites by more than two touchdowns, but less than 17, a.k.a. 14.5 to 16.5, 4-0 against the spread. Road teams are hardly ever favored by this number, but I think the Chargers have enough on both sides of the ball to cover the large spread.
0: Do you know the, the gift that people use with Michael Jordan saying stop, get help? That's what I have to say about people that want to bet this game. Stop, get help. Don't bet this game. You can't bet the Dolphins. Catching 16, I mean, you can't, 16 and a half, 17. I'd bet them if they're catching 21, but they're not. And the Chargers, I can't bet an NFL team like 16 and a half on the road, especially the Chargers. Their offensive line's a disaster. It's just a guessing game. Uh, if you get 21, which you won't, take the Dolphins. If not, get help or stay away from this game.
1: And the uh, only other game that we didn't talk about, Seattle at Arizona. Arizona, a five-point underdog at home, the over under is 48. Home underdogs getting at least uh, 5% more of the money than the bets, which, you know, Arizona getting about 30% more, are 79, 63, and 3, 56% hit rate against the spread since the 2016 season when Bet Labs began tracking uh, public percentages. So I think Arizona probably the play if you're betting that, that trend also 9, 4, and 1 this season. So, uh, do you like the Cardinals in this spot? Stucky, got anything here?
0: No, I'll be staying away from this game. I refuse to bet on Cliff Kingsbury. I make it right around four, four and a half. I got to six. I might actually look at Arizona, but I can't because I said on Twitter, if I ever bet on Cliff Kingsbury this year, I'll delete my account. So, I can't, but I would look at Arizona.
1: Now it is time to wrap up with our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week.
0: One pick. One chance to advance. Oh my God. Survivor. All right,
1: so we're doing pretty good in Survivor thus far. A little game theory involved sometimes where you want to save a team or whatnot, but both of our picks have been hitting. That I don't think we've been picking the same team necessarily every week, but who you got for this
0: week, Steph? Look, this week I think is the toughest week so far. I mean, most people should be alive. Teams favored by seven or more have been killing it. There hasn't been any big upsets. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going with the obvious pick here. I really couldn't decide on anything. I already used the Ravens. So I couldn't go back to that. There was the other team I was considering. You know, I don't like to use road favorites in division games, which is why I don't want to take New England. And I want to save New England, as I said before. You know, I go down and down the list. I come to the Chargers. I don't like taking road teams, but I will make the exception here. It has a lot of flaws and injuries. So I'm going with the Chargers and just getting to the next week.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that was hard of a pick at all actually. I I'm going with the Chargers as well. I think when you look at that schedule, I really don't see another game even against the Raiders at home where I'd really want to use the Chargers but have a road game against Miami, their favorite big. By far, the, the safest pick of the week, and, and you're not going to use the Chargers. Rest- at least you shouldn't be using the Chargers. Hopefully, we keep you guys alive. We keep it going. And this has been another edition of the Action Network podcast. It's the NFL Weekly Betting Edition. Until next week, we will be back. Make sure you go download that Action Network app. Hit us up, ActionNetwork.com. Become an Edge subscriber for all of our content. Lot to like at ActionNetwork.com. For Stucky, I'm Chris Raybon. Let's get this sh- one. Go Pack Go.